Welcome to Thrive Church Podcast. We just want you to know that wherever you are in your faith journey, you are welcomed, you are loved, and you are accepted. I hope that as you listen to our podcast, you are moved and inspired to grow closer in your faith with God. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Thrive Church. I'm glad that all of you are here this morning. Wasn't I just a fun time in worship this morning? Can we just give a shout out to our worship team? Man. I don't know if you know this, they are here bright and early on Sunday mornings to prepare, and even throughout the week they're preparing, and uh, I just really appreciate you guys for all that you do. I want to welcome all those who are watching online. My name is Sheldon Miles. I'm the lead pastor here at Thrive Church. I want to welcome all those who are in the 715 area code, and uh, just excited about this new year and what God has in store. Just a couple of quick announcements for you. So just want you to know, if you could please put this on your calendar right now, January 30th. First, we will have our annual business meeting that will be at the end of the second service. And we had planned a chili and dessert cook-off, but because of, of COVID reasons, uh, if, if you get hangry, we don't want anybody who's hangry uh, in a business meeting, so please bring maybe a, a, a snack or, or a sandwich or something for you so that you're not hangry. We don't want none of that, and bring one extra for me. Also, I'm excited about next Sunday, uh, we're going to have a guest speaker. Uh, some of you might know this person. Maybe have you ever heard of the name Dennis Romine? Dennis Romine is going to be speaking next week. I've invited him to come speak. I was supposed to have uh, rotator cuff surgery a month ago, and they postponed it. And I get to go through that on Tuesday, still asking for God to, to heal that. And that would be great if I didn't have to go through that. But, uh, but anyhow, I will be here next week, but I might be a little hung up a little bit. One of my wings are going to get clipped here a little bit. But uh, I want to wish all of you a happy New Year. How many of you have made New Year's resolutions? How many of you, it was your New Year's resolution not to make a New Year's resolution, and you fulfilled it, and you're very happy with yourself? Okay. Well, there's a lot of people who make New Year's resolutions, and oftentimes it's to kind of address a habit that you need to get rid of. That's really what it is. It's, it's bad habits that we have. And some people, it might be smoking. Some people, it's your eating habits. Or some people, it's your exercise habits or your lack of exercise habits. Those are typically the, the top ones. But what if I could tell you there are three habits, just quickly, briefly here, there's three habits that could change your life. How many of you would be interested? It would change your life. And I know this because it's changed my life. I want, I, want, I want to write this down quickly here. Three things that you would do if you did them on a regular basis, I promise you would change your life. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. It, I, number one habit, I, I, I challenge you to get into God's Word every day. Every day. And, and, and how about you do something different this year? Don't read your Bible. What if this year you studied your Bible? Okay, and, and here's what I want. I want to help you with something here. I do better if I have a reading plan. And so I have discovered this website called Bible.com. Write that down, Bible.com. How many of you, it's the YouVersion app. How many of you use the YouVersion app? Okay, and, and here's what I like about the YouVersion app. You can go to this plan section, and you can find, I mean, a plethora. Everybody say plethora. See, you learned a new word for 2021. That means a whole bunch Okay, and they have a whole bunch of reading plans that you can find that kind of fits what, what you're going through in life. I, I want to challenge you, encourage you, I want to inspire you. 
Get into God's word in 2021. The second thing I would tell you to do is, is seek God every day in prayer. Every day in prayer. And here's what some of you is like, well, I just need to get into a habit. How about you do this? How about you make it your plan that on your way to work and on your way home, that is your time that you spend with God. I know that's just a small amount, but what if we just started with a small amount? Because we start with a small amount and then we want more because we build that relationship. And, and I just want to encourage you to have time that you spend in prayer. And remember a few weeks ago, and I said, what if we made 2021, what if we had a one, uh, just one challenge? What if in 2021, we just asked God to lay one person on our heart that we are going to influence towards Jesus? And take it every single day, you just begin to pray for them. I'm telling you, when you begin to pray for them, you will see things show up in their life. So if you're not just praying for you, pray for somebody else. Pray for somebody else as if their soul was on the line, okay? So number one, we're going to seek God every day in prayer. Number two, we are going to pray. We're going to pray. Just spend some time, 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, just going to start seeking God in prayer. And number three, get connected into a life group. I'm telling you, you will grow if you will begin to grow together with other people. And I'm looking around this room, and, and I made it my goal last year uh, when we started life groups. I tried to attend almost all of the life groups that were out there, and I'm seeing some of you who are in those life groups, and I'm seeing some of you who are shaking your heads and saying, yes, I needed that. I needed that. And for some of you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be kind of a risk. It's going to be kind of a challenge. But I want to challenge you. Don't just go to a life group. I want you to get connected into a life group. That means I don't want you to sit back and be like, mm-hmm, that's really, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want you to engage. And I want you to be real. I want you to be authentic. You know, it's always kind of fun as a pastor when people don't know you're a pastor and they just talk like they don't know you're a pastor, and then they find out that you're a pastor, and then they start to talk differently. (laughs) That's inauthentic. Don't be inauthentic. Be authentic. Be real. That's the place for life groups. Amen? And so, so again, this year, I want to challenge you to get into God's Word. I want you to challenge you to connect with God in prayer and get connected into the life group. I promise you they will change your life. We promise we will give you your money back. Money back guarantee. How many, how many churches give a money back guarantee? So how many of you are truly happy to, that it's a new year? Yes, we're glad that 2020 is behind us and we are moving forward. We are moving forward. And for some of you, it's not just 2020 that you need to move forward from. For some of you, it's something that maybe happened two years ago. Some of you, it was something that happened 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago that you know that you have needed to move forward out of. You feel like you have been, I call it Stuckville. You feel like you've been stuck in Stuckville for all this time, and it's time to move forward. So forward is not only the name of our new sermon series that we're going we're to spend several weeks on, but it's going to be, what I, we're going to make it our word for the year for Thrive Church. Are you, are you into that? We're going to declare that this is the year 
to move forward. How many of you are ready to move forward in 2021? And we're, we're, not, talk, we're, not, we're not just talking about pandemic. We're, not, we're just talking about we want to move forward with what God has in store. And so, so that's going to be our word for the year. And, and where we get this idea is from the Apostle Paul. Now, the Apostle Paul, if you know anything about his life, he needed to move forward from his past. If, he, if, you knew, if you really know the Apostle Paul, he was a dirty, rotten scoundrel. And there's other words that could be added to that list to describe the Apostle Paul. Number one, he was a shady character. He was a religious zealot. Now, I understand people who are religious, but when people are religious zealots, those are like the meanest people to be around. And, and Paul was the epitome of, of a religious zealot. But also this, he was involved with persecuting Christians. You know why? Because he hated, he hated anything that looked like Christ. And he was this, he was guilty of being complicit in a murder. Complicit in a murder. Fast forward here. So he's moving, Paul recognized he needed to move forward from his past, but he also needed to move forward into his purpose. You see, the Apostle Paul had this thing called a Christ encounter. Any of you ever had a Christ encounter? If you are a born-again Christian, you had a Christ encounter where you realize, oh my goodness, this Jesus, he is alive. And, and, and Jesus changed Paul's life. And he forgave him. And so Paul discovered in this relationship with Jesus Christ that God had a plan and purpose for his life. And that his mission now became to move forward in that purpose. It was a complete change. So, so Paul, he needed to move forward in his past, and he needed to move forward into his purpose. Listen to what Paul says here of Philippians 3, 13 through 15. This is where we get this whole idea of moving forward. He says, one Thing I do. If I, if I just do this one thing, I forget what lies behind and I strain forward. Everybody say forward. I'm moving forward to what lies ahead. I'm not living in the past. I'm not going to be stuck in Stuckville. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And then he says this let all of those who are mature think this way. Now, so, it, so he's given for all the immature people who are out there, he's given you a pass. So if, if you are kind of an immature person, you can just kind of stay in that place. I'm being, I'm joking here. But he's challenged us, hey, listen, if you want to mature, if you want to grow, if you want to get past the past, you want to grow, you're going to have to press forward. You're going to have to let go of the past. So Paul's challenge was no longer, no longer am I going to live in my past, but I'm going to have to leave Stuckville because Stuckville always leaves me unfulfilled. And Paul knew that God had a plan and a purpose for his life. And I want you to know here this morning, each and every one of you, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. But you will sit here and you will come to church every single Sunday and feel unfulfilled until you move forward, until you move forward. So in this series, what we're going to do is we are going to, we're going to follow the life of Moses and the Exodus story. If you've never heard that story, well, we're going to hear, we're going to study it here in the, in the next few weeks, but we're going to see how God took this man 
who just made mistakes, and God used him to move not only Moses forward, but he helped, he helped use Moses to lead a people in slavery into freedom. He changed a nation. He changed a nation. So here, let me tell you the story about Moses. This is Exodus chapter 2, 11 and 25. So we know that Moses is born to a Hebrew slave in Egypt. And we know at this time that Pharaoh became really insecure because all of these, this Israelite nation, that they, are, that they are their slaves. I mean, oh my goodness, it is really growing. And he decides out of his insecurity to do something about it. And he decrees that every infant, every infant boy to be thrown into the Nile River to drown. And I mean, that's just, <laughs> we think that we have... It's tough with government here. Well, uh, it has been worse in other places. And so uh, Moses' mother decided that she's going to give her newborn infant, Moses, a chance. And she puts together this watertight basket and puts her new infant boy into this basket and floats him down a river, and she's just interceding that God would intervene. And sure enough... Just down the river is Pharaoh's daughter who is bathing, and the basket begins to float right by her. What is that? Opens up the basket and finds this infant. Oh, her heart is just captured for this little boy. And so she adopts this little boy, and this little boy becomes her own. And she raises up this little boy, and, and, and he grows up, this, this Hebrew child now grows up in this Egyptian home in the palace and an Egyptian education and he grows in, in leadership in all of these ways until one day he grows up and we're not sure we're not sure if he realizes that he was Hebrew or not but one day he's out and he's observing these slaves these Hebrew slaves and he notices this Egyptian taskmaster who is just beating on this slave, and something just grabbed his heart. Have you ever had one of those moments where you're, oh, I can't stand that. And he had that moment, and he knew what he was doing because the Bible says he looked to the left and to his right to, to make sure nobody was watching, and he took his revenge out on that Egyptian taskmaster and killed him. Well, the Bible says that he took his body and he buried him in the sand and just kind of want to don't want to deal with that anymore. And, and how many of you have ever done that before? You, you made a mistake, you blew it, you just, and then you're trying to cover it up and nobody will notice and just kind of w walk away like it never happened. Well, this says that the next day he discovered, Moses discovered that Pharaoh found out and Pharaoh is now after his life. And so Moses, who had these incredible dreams, maybe one day he would be the Pharaoh and, and he's going to do these great things, and now he's running for his life. Running for his life. Isn't it amazing, though, how Moses just blew it big time, but isn't it amazing that God would take a murderer to change a nation? God would take this massive failure of a man and use him to change a nation. And so I just believe that if God can use a convicted felon to change a nation, then what can he do through you? What could God quite possibly do through you? And so as we talk about moving forward, 
we're going to have to just, first, there's maybe some things in our past that we're going to have to deal with. And so today I want to talk about three lessons that Moses learned for how to move forward from your past. That's what I want to talk about this morning, moving forward from our past, because each and every one of us, I'm sure, we have a past. There's a story in our lives that maybe when we think about it, we kind of cringe. We just like maybe not a lot of people know that part about our lives, and it's just, oh, I don't really want to talk about that. But I want you to understand this. My, here's my first point. I want you to understand about your past. Understand your past can be forgiven. Your past can be forgiven. So again, talking about Moses, we know that Moses had a God-given passion inside of him. And we know that there was a certain amount of rightness in his heart when he saw that Hebrew slave being beaten to death. No person should be treated this way. This is an injustice. This is not right. But how many of you have ever been so right in a situation? I mean, you are so right, 100% guarantee you're right in that situation, and you handled it 110% wrongly. You ever done that? You responded in a way like, oh, yeah. I, I was just so passionate. I couldn't control myself. And yeah, I, re- I just, and, and that my response overshadowed my rightness. Yeah, ever happened to you? I've, I've had that happen. And that's what Moses did. And now his dreams are shattered and his life is full of regrets. Ever been in that place before? Just, oh, your dreams, I could, what, what could have, should have been, and now I'm uh, in the shame, regrets. And then when God later told Moses to free the Israelites, he didn't bring up his past. Instead, he told him, I have a plan and purpose for your life. And I want you to know the same is true for us, that when God forgives He forgives you completely, that it's forgiven with God. And I think one of the things that keeps people in Stuckville is they truly don't grasp the character of God. Can I just explain to you quickly the character of God as found in Psalm 145.8? It says, the Lord, listen, we're talking about the character of God here. The Lord is merciful and compassionate. He's slow to get angry, and he's filled with unfailing love. Did you catch that? Here's a a couple things here that describes God's character. Number one, he is merciful. You know what it means to be merciful? It means that he does not always give us what we deserve. He doesn't always give us what we deserve. Talked to here about a few weeks ago about, you know, you deserve a speeding ticket and the officer gives you a warning. That's mercy. <laughs> and, and God is merciful. He does not always give you the punishment that you deserve. You know why? Because the other thing it says about him, he's compassionate. God truly cares about what you're going through. And, and you may feel like nobody understands you, but God understands exactly what you're going through. And God cares Number three, God is, and this is my favorite one, because I need him to, to, do, to be this one. He's slow to anger. In other words, God is 
patient with me. He's not, he's not that, that person, that boss or that father who, who flies off the handle at any mistake that you make. God is patient with us, not wanting anybody to, to fail or not wanting anybody to not know him as Christ. He is filled with, and you need to grasp this one, God is filled with unfailing love. And I need, for some of you, you need to hear this. God loves you with an unfailing, unconditional love. I'm telling you, if you would just own that point, if you get anything out of this message, it will change your life. God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son on a cross to pay the debt of your sins so that you can be forgiven. And so when you mess up, God gives us the way to deal with our sin. Look at 1 John 1.9. It tells us that if we will confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our wickedness. Let me tell you quickly here, three decisions that we need to make to be forgiven. There's three decisions we need to make if we want to be forgiven by God, first of all, we need to own it. When we confess our sins, we're, what we're doing is we're owning it. We're taking responsibility for what we did. Okay? Just own it. We need to come to that point in our heart. I blew it. The second thing, the, th the second decision that we need to make is we need to speak it. We need to own it, and then we need to speak it. In other words, we, we own what we did, and we don't just keep it to ourselves, but we go to God and we tell God what we have done, and we ask God to forgive us of our sins. Now, you know, what the, you, know what the, 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 you know why a lot of people have a hard time with that point right there? Because it's pride. This is the point where we need to surrender our pride and acknowledge, I need God to forgive me. I own my mistakes. I ask God to forgive me. And then number three, then we need to decide to receive that. In other words, we trust. We, we, when we ask God to forgive us, we trust that it is taken care of right then, right there. That God has, he, he no longer carries that. You, and you don't have to carry it any longer yourselves. Look at this verse right here again. It says that he is faithful and just to forgive. That at that moment of forgiveness, that he cleanses you from all wickedness. You are clean. You are made clean. But you, don't want, to, you want to know what? I believe, talking about being in Stuckville, I believe unforgiveness is probably the biggest contributor that keeps us from moving forward. Moving forward in our faith. It's no secret, if, if you've been a part of Thrive Church, if, you, if you've not been a part of Thrive Church in the, in the past year or so, you may not know everything here, but if you've been a part of Thrive Church, it's no secret that there has been a difficult season that the church has just come out of about a year and a half ago. In that season, there was a lot of pain, there was a lot of hurt, a lot of confusion, and possibly as a result, a lot of lost friends. And, and, and if we could just be candid, a lot of maybe unforgiveness that still resonates with inside of us. 
And for some of you, you here today, you've been a part of this church for so long, but you would confess, you would confess that, yeah, I am still stuck from what happened. And I, I just want to challenge you, church. I want to challenge Thrive Church today. I believe it's time for us to move forward through forgiveness. I believe today is the day, the first Sunday of 2021, it's time to move forward. It's time to forgive. You want to know what God is, forgiveness is so important to God. Number one, I just talked about that, that God wants to forgive you. In fact, that's why God sent His Son, again, to go to the cross to pay a debt that you deserve. You see that, that beam up there? All of us, that was a, a form of persecution and punishment that they would give out to people. And every one of us in this room, we deserve that. But God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to say, no, I will take that punishment for you. And so I want to I encourage you, church, every time you see a cross, I want you to think of the word forgiveness. Forgiveness is important to God, that number one, you are forgiven, and number two, that you forgive others. It's important to God. And I want you to know, forgiving others, this three, this same three things, it works the same way that I mentioned before. There's three things, three decisions that we have to do to forgive others. Number one, we need to own it. A lot of times, somebody offends us, somebody hurts us, a situation happens, and we carry it with us, or we put it on a shelf, and we say we're going to ignore it. But the only problem is, it's still there. And I tell people all the time, if you don't deal with the problem, you will deal with the problem. In fact, some of you are dealing with the problem, and you don't even realize it. Because when we have unforgiveness in our heart, I promise you, it gets manifested into your marriage. It gets manifested into the way that you treat your children and manifest in the way that maybe you treat your coworkers. It's just that thing that is lingering. We need to deal with it. So we need to own it. Number one, own that there is a problem that I have unforgiveness in my heart. And then second of all, if we have, uh, we have unforgiveness, we need to speak it. Speak it. And for some of you, when I talk about unforgiveness, there is a person's face that comes up in your mind. That person, pastor, you have no idea what that person, that person did this. They said that, and they acted like this, and this, they don't, des- yes, yes, yeah, I know, I know it's hard. But God wants you to forgive them. And the best thing that you can do is begin to speak it. And it, I'm telling you, you have to speak it before you're going to begin to feel it. You, you just have to begin to speak it. And you, in your prayer time, you take it to God and say, God, I forgive John Smith. I don't want to forgive him. <laughs> you know what he did. But I forgive him. For some of you, maybe it has nothing to do with Thrive Church, but maybe it's your childhood. Or maybe it's a, it's a parent. Maybe it's an uncle. Somebody who's wounded you. And you need to begin, first of all, own it. 
own it, that there's an issue. There's an issue of unforgiveness. And second of all, you need to speak it. And then number three, you need to receive it. And what I mean by that, and sometimes this is the longest part of the process because it's, it's deep and it's still lingering, but it's just declaring uh, they are forgiven. And every time a show comes up in your mind, no, it's forgiven. I want to I encourage us, church, listen, God has created us to live our lives like this, Right? Greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love others as you love yourself. But when there is unforgiveness in your heart, this is how we're living. And you struggle to be around people because other people have wounded you. Somebody has hurt you. Whenever you get around them, you just, uh. And, and I, I just want to encourage us, church, just, as we move forward, let's not move forward cross-armed. But let's move forward with open arms the way God has called us to. So the lessons that we're talking about here, we're learning about moving forward. We need to move forward. Your, your past can be forgiven. Number two, your past does not define you. Your past does not define you. Now, Moses is, is one of the best-known leading people ever, ever born Born out of slavery, or born in slavery and then led the Israelites out of, out of Egypt. But yet he was messed up. He's, he messed up big time. He murdered someone. But yet God still used him to do something great, and he impacted a nation. And I want you to know, though, no matter what your past looks like, or how far you have been running from God. God is gracious to forgive us, and God has a plan and purpose for your life. I want you to listen to what Paul said here. Remember the apostle Paul, the dirty, rotten scoundrel he was? And then he had a God encounter. He says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he said, anyone, can we just say that word, anyone? You know who he's talking about there? He's talking about you, and he's talking you, and he's talking... Can we just point at the person he's talking to right now? He, he's talking to me. Paul is talking to me because he's anyone, anybody, no matter what they have done, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Thank you, God. That means that the old life is gone and a new life has begun. The old is gone and the new has come. Years ago, I used to do this crazy thing. I was into running marathons. I know, I, it looks like I have a marathon-like body, right? Okay? And I don't know what I was doing. Maybe it was a form of self-persecution, but I was into running marathons. And I always like to run for a purpose. And so one year, uh, I came across this organization called My Team Triumph. And what my team Triumph does is they have these specially made wheelchairs for people who are handicapped, who do not have the ability to run in a marathon, but would love to be in a part of one of those events. And so one year, I partnered with two other guys to push this handicapped young man in a wheelchair um, to run a marathon. And I got to know these two guys, and we became friends and, you know, as we're training together, uh, we get to know his story a, a little bit more. And one of the individuals, I'm not going to mention his name, began to share with his, us his story of his biggest regret and his biggest shame. 
some 12, 15 years ago, was involved in a drunk driving accident where he was the drunk driver and killed somebody. Went to prison for 10 or 12 years and just lived with that shame, as you can just imagine, the shame that he felt. And man, I, I would just, you know, I just, my heart broke for him, for him in this story. I, oh. And trying to explain to him the love of God and the forgiveness of God. And each year he would post on the, on the anniversary of that date, today's the day, and he'd, a picture of the accident scene, and, and he'd, he'd share his story. And each and every year I would send him that scripture verse, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone and new has begun. You know what the, the illustration is? When you put somebody in prison, if you've ever been in a prison before, everybody gets to wear these orange pajamas, okay? And that's your outfit. That's what you get to wear. But when my friend was released from prison, he no longer needed to wear those pajamas. He was no longer that, that prisoner. He was free. But yet his problem was he still felt like he had to wear those same pajamas. And I just want you to know, you don't have to wear the orange pajamas anymore. You're free. Because if anybody is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. We don't have to live defined by our past. We don't have to live that way. In fact, the way that we need to, do, to live is the way Isaiah explains it to us. He says here in Isaiah 14, he says, I, I want to encourage you to forget the former things. For some of you, that's the best thing that you can do in 2021 is to forget the former things. And do not dwell on the past. Stop it. See, I'm doing a new thing. God wants to do a new thing in your life. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You know what he, uh, the Isaiah just said here? He's, he's saying, let it go. For some of you, the best thing that you can do for 2021 is to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. You don't live there anymore. God has forgiven you, and God has forgiven that person. You've forgiven that person. Let it go. Do not dwell on the past. Stop thinking about it. And when it comes up in your mind, you, sometimes you got to just, this is spiritual warfare. When it shows up in your mind, you need to declare, it's over. It's time to move forward. Can we just say that to, together? It's over. It's time to move forward. I'm moving forward today. So again, we're talking about lessons, life lessons learned about moving forward. Moving forward, your past can be forgiven. And number two, your past does not define you. And number three, your past can be redeemed for your purpose. You see, God took Moses' story, all of his successes and, and all of the strengths. I mean, he grew up to be a leader, a natural-born leader, but then he messed up so bad. But God redeemed all of that for his purpose for your life. Remember I was saying that God has a plan and purpose for your life? You know how I know that? Paul tells us in Ephesians 2.10, he says that we are God's masterpiece you are God's masterpiece. There's no mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. 
He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the things that He has planned for us long ago. God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and you will always feel unfulfilled until you move forward into His plan and purpose for your life. I love this, that God specializes in second chances. You see, there's another disciple that messed up big time, Peter. Peter was always messing up, but one time he messed up royalty. He told Jesus, I will never deny you. And within just a few hours, he's denying Jesus. He denied him three times. One time in front of just a little girl, messed up. And then Jesus says, Peter, I still love you, man. A couple, a couple of days later, he said, Peter, listen, I forgive your past and I have a purpose and plan for your life. But Peter could have stayed in Stockville. No, no, I'm a failure. I let you down. I'm a loser. Jesus said, no, 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 Peter. He said this. He says, I say that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Peter had to step out. He had to step away from his past. He messed up big time. But he had to accept that God had forgiven him. and He had to forgive himself to move forward. I love this. Your past can be redeemed. and God wants to reveal your purpose. Let's talk about a, a man. I love, I love redemption stories. I, for the past two years, I've been on a committee in Green Bay. And we have been working on developing a teen challenge program for the city of Green Bay, for Brown County. Everybody know what Teen Challenge is? It's a drug and alcohol rehabilitation, uh, Christ focus, and it is just, it's powerful. I had a sister who went through that program and it changed her life. And so this past summer, we came to the point where we were able to hire a director. I mean, this is a plant here. This is, we're, this is from ground up here. Finally, we were able to hire a director. Let me tell you, his name is Vashon Johnson. Write his name down. You want to pray for Vashon Johnson. Interesting story. Vashon grew up in a home of addicts. And when you grow up in a home of addicts, oftentimes that becomes your future. And sure enough, it did. Vashon got into all kinds of problems because he started to, not only was he a drug addict himself, but he began to sell drugs in and out of jail, in and out of prisons, and one day, somebody invited him to come to a Bible study in, in his jail cell, and he learned this. He said, the thing that I did not ever know is that God loved me with an unfailing love. He said, that changed me. That just wrecked me. He goes, I wanted to know. I wanted to have a relationship with this God who would love me even despite all these things that I have done. So Vishan, when he was being sentenced before the judge, the judge said, I will give you a chance. Would you like to go to this teen challenge program instead of prison? Yeah. <laughs> Goes to a teen challenge program and his life is changed through this discipleship program. He is discipled and he grows in his relationship with God so much to the point that when he graduates from the program, they ask him to come and be an assistant director of the teen challenge and he accepts that position. And as he grows in that position, then he is offered a position to, be, to work with a prison ministry. 
where he is working intimately with prisoners on a day-to-day basis and ministering to them through their situations, telling them about the love of Jesus. Well, when we found out about Bashan and we found out about his story, we decided he had the perfect story for the director that we were looking for. That God would take this man who had failed so miserably, a drug addict, somebody, a convicted felon, and God would take his life and turn him into a director for a Teen Challenge program. I love redemption stories, don't you? But had Bashan stayed in Stuckville, stayed stuck in his sin, would have never discovered God's plan and purpose for his life. Like us right now to move into a time of communion as we close out the service. Do you know Jesus? I've talked to you about the love of Jesus. God wants to know you as Lord and Savior of your life, but you gotta let him. You gotta you gotta invite him. He doesn't intrude, he doesn't pound his way through. It's invitation only. Here at Thrive Church, we serve an open communion. So all of you are welcome to partake. I just my only my challenge for you is that you become that new person in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Would you like to have that new relationship? Would you like to make peace with God? Can we just do that right now before we before we have a time of communion? If that's you this morning, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just say, God, I need you. I recognize what you did for me because of your unfailing love. I need to be forgiven. I want to become that new person. You're the only one who can do that. I ask you to come and change me. Become Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You've become a new person if you've prayed that prayer for the first time. I want to encourage you, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, there's some really awesome people in our guest center right now. And at the end of the service, go back, and they're going to just say, listen, I prayed that prayer. Can I have one of those books the pastor was talking about? And I want to give you a book to help you in your relationship with God. But as we partake of communion together, let's just remember what we talked about this morning. Moving forward. Remembering that your past can be forgiven. It's forgiven through Jesus. Your past does not define you. You don't live there anymore. Your past can be redeemed for your purpose. As we go through communion, I'd like us to do a couple things. I'd like to invite you to do a couple things. Number one, I'm going to ask you, that you would have just a private conversation with God and say, God, you know my past. You know the mess up that I've made and maybe I still carry that shame. Will you forgive me? And then let it be done. Forgive me, Lord. And then I'm going to pray for Thrive Church and we're going to pray together as a church and we're going to say, God, forgive Thrive Church church for our sins, for the, for the sins that we have committed as a body. Forgive us. We don't want to live in that past any longer. It's time to move forward. We want to be forgiven. So if we would hold, 
hold the, the bread. It represents Christ's body that went to the cross for our sins. You said, I, I will take your place on the cross. Thank you, Lord, for taking my place. Let's partake together. It was through the blood of Jesus that we are forgiven. You paid the price. Lord, before I partake, I want to ask you one more time, forgive me. Forgive me for my part. Even at that time when I was so right and I responded so wrong. Forgive me. Lord, I ask right now as a body here of Thrive Church, we ask you as a body, forgive us. Forgive us when we handled situations so wrong, when we were not Christ-like. Forgive us, Lord. Lord, we don't want to live in the past any longer. We're moving forward in Jesus' name. Shall we partake? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Can we just give a shout-out to, to Jesus for his forgiveness, for his grace? It's time to move forward, church. It's time to move forward. We're moving forward in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. I'm excited for what God has in store for this new year. Are you excited? Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you. Let God speak to you. But you're not going to hear His voice if you're not opening His Word. You're not going to hear His voice if you're not turning off the noise and talking to Him and listening to Him. You're not going to hear His voice clearly if you're not connecting with, with one another and growing with each other. I want to encourage you to do that in the new year. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much for checking out the Dark Church Podcast. I hope you were inspired by the message today. If you like what you heard, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast so we can impact more lives. Remember, wherever you are in your faith journey, you are welcomed, loved, and accepted. Have a wonderful day.